0: This week on Hayes Eat This, I'm in L.A. with Courtney to stockpile some episodes and, of course, cook up a storm. A highlight of the week was a meet and greet with one of our idols, Chef Nancy Silverton, to celebrate her new cookbook. Once again, we make more public apologies to Mama Ashley prompted by her recent hotline call-in. Then we welcome one of my childhood besties, Natalie Huber and her sisters, Elizabeth, Tiffany, and Allie their outrageous and hilarious stories about their hard-working and very trusting Mama Lynn will have you dying from laughter. You might want to have 911 on speed dial for this one.
1: Grab your fork and grab your knife Morning, afternoon, and night Mama's recipe and mine We're about to have a good time Hey, sis.
2: Eat this. hey sis, eat this, Woo-hoo. Yep. Hey sis. Hey sis. It seems sort of weird saying that right when I'm just looking at you two feet away from me. I know,
0: but it's nice because we don't ever get to do this.
2: Well, we are here together in Los Angeles.
0: Yes, we've had a great week.
2: Mm. I mean, I did have a mental breakdown a few days ago, but I'm getting better.
0: Sometimes that just happens. We've all been there.
2: Yeah. I mean, you had your mental break last time I was yes. in Dallas. It was just like one of those things where life just hit me like a ton of bricks and I didn't feel like I was worthy or that mm-hmm. I could handle things or I was capable. And, you know, all that self-doubt that happens as women and humans. And yeah, I actually was dying laughing this morning because, you know, as you know, as I meditate and in there, I was like, oh, I have 10 minutes. I can go in there and I can do my meditation. I sneak into the garage thinking <laughs> nobody hears me and I'm doing my chanting. And all of a sudden I feel daisy because I have my AirPods in. I feel my dog licking my fingertips. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't think that I brought her in here with me. And then I hear like some a cabinet opening and I turn around and you're like, and they're getting all the podcast recording equipment on. I'm like, whole ring. And I was like, and I didn't even stop. And I just started chuckling. And you're like, what? And I'm like, I'm just laughing at the moment. Like it's been such a crazy week that even when I'm trying, to meditate you're in my fucking business <laughs> no wonder i had a mental break <laughs> and i was trying to be so
0: quiet because i had texted you and was like i'm gonna miss school flag line because i want to set up the podcast room for our recording yeah and then i walk in there and i'm like oh shit <laughs> but maybe if she has it turned up loud enough <laughs> she won't hear me <laughs> And then Daisy ruined it.
2: Daisy, I wouldn't have known if, it, if Daisy hadn't licked my fingers. <laughs> anyway, but it did. I didn't care. That's how comfortable I am with you, Whitney. I just kept doing my meditation and went on with it. And I said, if I don't keep on with this right now, then I'm not gonna be able to bring it today. We've had a busy day, so. I'm glad. Yeah, but we've had a great week.
0: We have. Well, I think we should definitely recap our night last night because we had the privilege of going to Nancy Silverton's Q&A for her new book, The Cookie That Changed My Life.
2: It's a good cookie. She had that cookie there.
0: Yes, it's a peanut butter cookie, and I don't like peanut butter cookies, but this one was
2: fantastic. She launched this new book, which is all baked goods. It's not just cookies. She wants you to know, and I guess we should mentioned that Nancy's coming on the podcast in December so we wanted to go and meet her before and it was just really exciting We were sitting right in front of the woman who made the cookie that changed her life. The whole book is based on the woman said, oh, this is the woman who made the cookie that changed Nancy Silverton's life. And I go, oh, my gosh, congratulations. This is so awesome. She's like, it's not my cookie anymore. (laughs) Roxana Julepat that owns Friends and Family Bakery here in L.A. She used to be Nancy's pastry chef at Campanile. And so anyway, she's had a really cool career, now has her own bakery. But that was funny. It was neat to meet her.
0: It was. And then Nancy was talking about how she came up with the cookie and she said, when I ate that cookie, I just thought, how can I make it better?
2: Yeah. (laughs) And she is competitive because the whole cookbook is taking classic baked good recipes. And she's like, I just took all the classics and not trying to change them. I'm just trying to make them better. And I can't wait to start cooking.
0: Me too. It really inspired me. You know, I'm never into baking. Mm -hmm. I don't really enjoy it. It's too precise for me, but the way she was describing some of these
2: recipes, it just turned something on in me. Like roasting carrots and pureeing them for the carrot cake. It sounds so cool. The process that she's doing some of these recipes, it's just so interesting. I like to bake and I've gotten way more into it since having kids, but we're going to, I want to just dive deep into this book and make everything. Me too. Maybe not everything. I want to avoid the hard ones.
0: Well, we didn't get to ask the question that Lance said that we should ask, which was, what is the hardest thing in this cookbook? We would like to avoid that one.
2: (laughs) Well, it sounds like her cornbread's
0: hard. Actually, I found that one really interesting because we are big cornbread people growing up in the South in Texas. yeah, There's cornbread dressing that we always make for Thanksgiving. And we love to have cornbread with our chili. The guy that was interviewing her, Ben Mims, who is a food columnist for LA Times, and he's also from the South. So he said that the reason cornbread is cornbread is because it's made with cornmeal. But Nancy's take is that it should taste like corn.
2: In her mind, she thinks it should have a very distinct corn flavor to it.
0: Yes, but she said that she did milk the corn (laughs) and then reduced it to where the sweetness of it almost made it like custardy. Which I thought was very interesting because there's already those natural sugars in the
2: corn. We should try it. We're going to milk that corn, baby.
0: I'm going to milk the hell out of that corn. (laughs) I don't know how to milk the corn, but we're going to milk the corn. We're going to find out.
2: Oh, my God. We should make a public apology to mom because we haven't called her like once.
0: I feel horrible. I need to make a call.
2: I did call her this morning for literally five minutes. She's going to your neighbor's house, of course, the co-op, you know.
0: Andy and Tina's
2: because he's smoking lamb shanks or something or Ooh. yeah he's doing something with lamb in the smoker. So she's making butternut squash soup, tomato soup and this chipotle potato soup to bring over as a hostess gift. I was like, "What? Like you're making 3 soups to take them as a hostess gift for having you over for a little bit of smoked lamb? That's very <laughs> generous."
0: Oh, my God. She is just like you. She can't stop at one.
2: Mm -mm. Right. Exactly. That's where I get it. I know. She's cooking Tyler Florence's tomato soup. And she says, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I I mean, I'm still working on it. I think it's going to be okay, but I'm not sure.
0: Mm, I'm curious about that. So it's funny when she cooks all this stuff for book club or all these things. And she's got like the leftovers. And she always wants me to eat them. Right. But she brings over like the entire quiche, you know, and is like, well, just throw it away when you're done. I'm like, mom, I don't want a half a quiche when it's just me. Yeah. And I don't want to have to wash her pan. Right. You know, she just like unloads it on me.
2: Maybe that's why she does it.
0: So you'll do her dishes, you know? (laughs) Maybe. So I'm like, I'm just going to take a slice of quiche. So I take the slice of quiche, put it in the fridge. I was going to have it for lunch the next day. And she calls me and she goes... Well, I wouldn't eat that quiche. I'm like, why? She goes, I just think it's past its prime.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And if she's saying that, then you know it must be fully rotten. I know. But we've been cooking a little bit. You, we made Ashley Blaine. You made Ashley Blaine Featherson's chicken divan recipe.
0: Yes, Papa Featherson's chicken divan. Mm -hmm. I thought it was delicious.
2: It's a very old timey recipe. So it's not, it's a heavy casserole that not a lot of people would make now, but it's good. It's really good.
0: Yeah. You make a roux and you add in parmesan, Worcestershire, mushrooms, broccoli, chicken breasts. You top it off with cheddar cheese and some buttered breadcrumbs.
2: I would have eaten it as my main course, but when you start cooking a main course in my house at 730 at night and I have to feed my kids at seven, you know, I had to feed them something else. So I ate with them, but I did have a bite and it was really good.
0: It was ambitious, but it was delicious. So we're going to put up a video of that and also the recipe.
2: We've been doing a lot of cooking this week. I've been doing a lot of cooking with Vivi. Uh, We have a new game now where we pretend to be playing the bear from the TV show. (laughs) So we were making pumpkin loaves the other day, like pumpkin bread. And she was, she's like, mom, I want to make this mommy. Okay. I'm the main chef and you're my sous chef. So I, she's like, get out my stuff. And I'd be like, yes, chef. And then if I, I'd be, she's like, I need my milk chef. And she'd call me chef. And I go, here it is. And she's like, no, here it is chef. Or yes, chef. She was calling me on it. So we had our whole little bear game going on, which was really fun. Oh, I love that. She was bossing me around. I mean, are you shocked? No, I'm not. not. (laughs) Like when you're in town, I just y'all just tell me what to do. Yes, chef, yes, chef. You just like it. Yeah. I'm a (laughs) glutton. And then I go cry in the corner for an hour and then I come back and I'm all good. Hey,
0: you just got to get it out sometimes.
2: Sometimes you do.
0: Well, another funny story about mom, but more about Lance. Mm. So he had sent me on Instagram the chili cootery board.
2: Oh yeah. Like I made for Halloween.
0: Right. And you add all the different things that you could put in your chili. And we were talking last week on the episode about how mom sends us Instagram after Instagram after Instagram. And so he sends this to me and I write back and I said, you're about three weeks late. Margaret already sent this (laughs) to me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank God we got it pre Halloween. We were able to make a chili cootery board. Yes. Oh, Actually, we have a hotline
0: call from her. Oh, gosh, that's right. We do. Have we listened yet? We haven't. Oh, boy.
3: Now, I will go on to the Instagram in- that y'all were
1: talking about.
3: I'm not on it all the time. I'm on it occasionally, like when I'm watching TV and I'm bored, or if I'm throwing the ball with a dog in the backyard and I'm bored, and when I get in, maybe get in bed at night before I read or watch something on Netflix. I am doing research for you because you say that you're looking for information. You're looking for people that you might want to be on their podcast or you might want them on your podcast. And so I feel like I'm working and I'm not just on there for my pleasure. Of course, I'm just trying to help y'all out and be a good mother. (laughs) Anyway,
1: love y'all. Love your show.
2: All right. Well, she schooled us, didn't she? (laughs) I still think she needs a child protective lock on these on the screen time hours. Perhaps. Yeah. But it's funny how she's like, whether I'm sitting on
0: the couch watching TV and I'm bored or I'm throwing the ball for the dog and I'm bored.
2: (laughs) Right. So she doesn't seem like she's very invested in her activities, but it sounds like to me she's throwing the ball a lot and watching TV a lot. Right. Because there's a lot of Instagram posts coming through. It's all right. Again, I love them. I don't have to scroll Instagram
0: myself. As long as she doesn't say that she needs to be on the payroll, then I'm okay with it. Exactly.
2: <laughs> well, you know what, Mom? We apologize if we've offended you. You keep up your good work. Yeah, they're, they're working. But the holiday season coming up, we're going to need some menu ideas,
0: so. That's true. Well, Court, I'm super excited. Last week, we had on Your Bestie. Mm-hmm. And this week we have on one of my besties since fourth grade, Natalie Huber and her sisters, Elizabeth, Tiffany, and Allie. These girls are just hilarious. I grew up in that house along with them. And there are some just outrageous, hysterical stories to celebrate their mom, Mama Lynn,
2: Some of these stories I would be as bold to say are probably the most outrageous childhood tales that we've had to date on this podcast. So it's really worth the listen because your jaw will be on the floor (laughs) and you'll be commending the mom at the same time. You're like, hell yeah, Lynn, Mama Lynn, you go girl. And yeah, I love these girls. It's a season of the friends and I can't wait to share it. Me too. Let's get to it. Hey sis. Hey sis.
0: I don't even know where to begin today because these sisters that are on our show today have been in my life since I was nine, eight or nine years old. And I just, I, 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 there are so many stories. There's so many memories about them. I'm still good friends with them. Natalie and I grew up together and started in fourth grade. So
2: I, I just, I'm at a loss. A little, a little right now. I can tell. Well, <laughs> you, there's just it, it is, it's overwhelming to have you girls with us today, and it's exciting. But here's where I'll chime in Natalie was my favorite friend of Whitney's always <laughs> because she was just so cool, so funny. And, you know, I used to do mean things to her, like when, um, we were all in Hawaii together. We took Natalie to Hawaii with us when we were, I was a senior in high school and I think she was in like 7th or 8th grade. <laughs> and I gave her my, oh, well, how old did you have to be to be cig- buy cigarettes? 18. 18, did I? Yeah. I just sent you down to the, like a hotel lobby to buy me a pack of cigarettes at 14. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you're younger. And we were like, this is yeah. never going to work. And she came up with my pack of Marlboro lights. <laughs> oh my God. With the biggest <laughs> smile on her face, like, uh-huh. And that was like, solidified it for me. You know, it was just so cool. Love this kid. Regardless, it's just lovely to see all you girls here today. Let's officially welcome Liz...
0: Natalie Tiff and Allie Huber to Hey Sis Eat This.
4: Welcome ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah thanks for having us.
0: We're so excited.
4: I am too. We're happy to be here. Y'all were
0: definitely on the top of the list when we started planning out sibling guests that we wanted on.
3: (laughs) I know this has been a long time coming. It has. It really has. I mean it's been like a year.
0: I know.
1: There was never a lack of drama or excitement or things happening in a Huber household growing up. That's that for sure. true. And that's what I wanted to talk
2: about. There's five of you. We've got four of the girls here today, but you have a brother as well. Uh, Natalie, will you just sort of lay it out for us? Um, tell us how everybody lines up. So my brother is the oldest, mm-hmm. and then
3: it's Liz or Elizabeth, and then it's me, um, which I always tell people when they ask me, um, where do you fall in the family of five? I mm-hmm. always say, I'm one of five and I'm in the middle. Because that's the only <laughs> way to describe middle describe up for the, the middle of five kids. <laughs> Phil is 45.
5: Going on 12.
3: Isn't he 45? Yes.
5: Okay. Uh,
3: Liz is 43. I'm 42. Tiff here came four years after me. She's 38. And then Allie is the baby. She was my Cabbage Patch doll, Liz's Cabbage Patch doll growing up.
2: Cute. Um,
3: And she is 33. 34. Sorry, 34. She just turned 34. And she's preggers.
0: Adding to this Huber clan. Yes, we are. Congratulations. Thank you. We are here to celebrate Mama Lynn, y'all's mom, who I grew up with as well. So Liz, tell us a little bit about Mama Lynn.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, Mama Lynn, you know, as she liked to say, she she would tell us I'm I'm not the warm and fuzzy type. And that was putting it. <laughs> putting it mildly. She was like a super mom. You know, she was always working, always moving, always doing something, usually in the kitchen. So my mom really is the fabulous cook. And that's where we spent most of our time together as a family would be in the kitchen, kind of gathered around something that she had pulled together for us to eat, um, but there were also some years that, you know, I was reflecting on what we would talk about today, and I remember when I was probably 10 or 11, she she was a nurse um, throughout her career, and she had different periods of working in different areas of the hospital, and there was a, a point in time when she would work um, afternoons and evenings, and so we had what was called MOD. And I thought that was something that everybody had that was short for make own dinner. Ah! Ooh, I think I'm going to adopt this. I like it. We would call her at work and I would say, mom, what's for dinner? Oh, it's M.O.D. tonight. So we always had, in addition to the cooking that she would sometimes, I mean, she would do when she was home, we had a, a freezer stocked full of everything you can imagine, like a, a kid's dream from Sam's or Costco of, you know, bagel dogs bagel bites all of that stuff hot pockets so you probably came to
2: love MODs. so
3: the nighthawks were the best because you got you got the salisbury steak with the tater tots
2: and a brownie in there too right yeah
1: our microwave was actually like up high it was like kind of positioned in the cabinet so we learned how to climb up onto the countertop <laughs> to stick something into the, the microwave. it was very dangerous a lot of danger was always happening in the huber household
2: well, aside from from the food, which we'll get into more in a little bit, uh, Allie, how would you? You're being you're the baby, so what, tell us a little bit about your perspective of Mama Lynn. She's very creative and inventive. Yeah.
5: So I was just thinking. Um, I remember one day in elementary school we had Caveman Day, mm. and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that makes a lot
0: of sense as every school does, of
5: course. Yeah. And you could dress in costume, you could bring like an artifact or something <laughs> a interesting club to hit
2: someone with, yeah,
5: exactly. She was frantically trying to find what I could bring as like an artifact. and she gave me a bird's nest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> From the backyard. Oh, wow. And so I took this bird's nest in and presented it as my caveman artifact, okay. <laughs> She came up with an elaborate story <laughs> about what to say for my presentation. And <laughs> and then I think that same year we had Pilgrim Day, and we were supposed to bring things that were black and white. Okay. And so she brought in a tray of Slurpees, <laughs> half were Coca-Cola uh-huh. as the black, and then the other were Pina Colada. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs> and brought them in for my whole class. <laughs> you were like the most
2: popular kid that I know. Everyone loved it. So funny. Not sure how that relates to our settlers, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Very creative. But I bet there's kids in your class that still remember that. I'm sure they do. One thing I will tell about my mom is she is good in a crisis and she loves a good crisis. So, that you know, is if true. there was trouble brewing at school or later in life with one of our boyfriends, my mom was like in it. She would <laughs> go up to that school. Oh, man. She loved to yell at the principal. She would get, oh, yeah. She was a very protective, like fierce mama bear. So it didn't matter if we were totally in the wrong. She was definitely like, ready to get in the mix at a moment's notice.
4: I distinctly remember in kindergarten, I was riding the bus to school. Uh, I went to Pershing for kindergarten and... um, You rode the bus? Yeah, I rode the bus. I forgot about that. And I remember this fourth grader, Leslie. I don't remember her last name. (laughs) But Leslie... (laughs) Um, spit on me on the bus and I remember getting dropped off and my mom got I was crying and my mom walked on that bus and she chewed Leslie out Whoa! did she spit on her I don't I don't think she spit on her because I don't know how much I was able to get out but I think I was just like she was so mean to me and all these things and my mom got on that bus and yelled at Leslie <laughs> and then I was in the principal's office. The next is <laughs> a kindergartner with yeah. Leslie and my mom and her mom. But I feel like she's still a great protector and she wants to know what's going on in our lives. And she wants to be involved still to this day. You know, she was working, I remember, all the time. And so she always instilled in us a great work ethic. She really was part of the inspiration for me wanting to be a nurse because she is so good at helping people mm-hmm. and you know the more I reflect back on you know things growing up and then looking at my life right now like I get how it's really it takes so much out of you to be a nurse at the hospital and give mm-hmm. all day every day Those to 12 other hour people. shifts yeah and then have to come home and give more to your kids and family it can be really hard And to do that for five kids and a husband, I mean, it's heroic. Yeah. And my dad was working constantly all the time. So, you know, they did their best. We had those days where they showed up at the sports events and, um, you know, and did pick us up on time from school or the Y. But you know there were those days where they just couldn't make it and you know we we learned to live with that yes. we took care of each other um, and i think it made us made our bond you know even stronger as as sisters and
2: yeah, family. I think it's a good example and I'm glad you brought this up because we do interview a lot of siblings who talk about oh my mom was there for every sporting event every carpool pickup and all of that stuff and like that's a lot of pressure on a parent to have to be at all of that stuff and I don't think it makes you a better parent if you are present at all that stuff what mm-hmm. I think is the quality of time you spend when you are with your kids Mm -hmm. and when I'll I'll also say your mom was like she's like a
4: specialized nurse right isn't she? She did all kinds of things and she eventually got into doing like first assist in surgery and she would be in heart and lung cases for 18 hours you know for that day But she did that because she enjoyed helping other people, and Mm -hmm. it was
2: her way of giving back, Mm -hmm. and I think it's very respectable and kind of cool that you guys had that as a role model, that she was a mom that still provided meals and sent you all to private schools and did all of this stuff, but she was taking care of herself with her career. Oh, yeah. I commend her. My mom did say
3: like, when we were younger, especially when Liz and Phil and I were younger, Mm -hmm. because she was working part-time mm-hmm. when we were little um she was like that's what kept my sanity you know I mean if I did not have this outlet I would have gone postal right? yeah. but
1: um not that she hasn't but um <laughs> on that note I will give a shout out to the the kids that did get left behind because <laughs> yeah that, that did get left at Tom Thumb one time Th- that we didn't realize till we got home oh Tiff got left like
5: twice we got left at the Galleria.
1: Oh, yeah. And there was the time that I got left at <laughs> Carpool while my mom was at the Foley's Red Apple sale. <laughs> it was like thirty minutes late. I was the last kid standing there, like, "Oh my gosh, is my mom ever coming?" Um, so, you know, there were times that things slipped through the cracks for sure, sure.
3: But to piggyback on that story, actually, when she was at the Foley's Red Apple Sale, I was with her because she let me skip school that day to go see Look Who's Talking. And then we went to the Foley's Red Apple Sale. Priorities. Priorities.
2: Well, Natalie got her special time with your mom that yeah. day. You know, I it was think amazing. it's a very fond memory for you. I think she knew that I needed a shopping spree. One of her finer moments, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I learned a lot of work ethic from Mama Lynn because, as the girl (laughs) said, she was working. Your dad was working. Your dad was a... a Surgeon, and so they were constantly gone. So it's like if you spent the night at the Huber's house on the weekends, <laughs> oh. it's like Saturday morning, Liz is like, Okay, here are the chores, here's what <laughs> we're gonna do we're gonna vacuum, we've got to wash the windows, and like we would blast music,
3: yeah, yeah,
0: and clean the entire house. That's true. And then, like, That's but but Allie was like a one year old, so we're <laughs> all like,
2: toddling around in diapers, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yes.
0: That didn't happen at my house. But when we were there, it's like you all pitched in.
2: If mom was smart, she would have made the friends help. Exactly. When Whitney says that, she's like, we had to go clean the house.
4: And I was like, wait, what? And like, yeah, they would. All the five kids had to come together, including whoever was there spending the night. And our neighbors just walking in and out because it was a revolving door.
3: But also, we couldn't go rollerblading or go do
0: things
2: we wanted to do until the chores were done.
0: Yes, that is true. So, Did she
2: go across with a white glove to make sure that everything pretty was Pretty much, yeah. She would give us toothbrushes to scrub the ki- the bathroom floors. Literally. <laughs> wow, that's tough love, but
3: not, really smart. Not so much with Tiffany and Allie, but with Liz and I, mm-hmm. we were the
5: uh Cinderellas. You were the head housekeepers
0: there. Oh, definitely. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. I just have vivid memories of y'all chasing me around with the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> that's
4: true too. <laughs> yeah and then don't forget the poop rounds because the dog (laughs) picking up after the dog
1: that was the most dreaded task
4: or whoever had to hold the bag
1: yeah it was a two-person task
4: (laughs) they never had to do it which they always made me hold the bag no once once i was old enough
3: liz and i were doing most of that doo-doo work (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh liz why don't you tell them the, the the ultimate poop round story
1: well, what ended up happening with the poop <laughs> rounds, because nobody wanted to hold the bag, we, we came up with a new way of doing poop rounds where we would just throw the poop over the fence. Into the <laughs> house. And so yes. this went on for, for probably months. And then one day, an anonymous letter showed up in my parents' mailbox. I literally
3: <laughs> still have the letter.
1: That said, from a, from a neighbor that said, I cannot even go out into our backyard or alley because, because it is like a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God, that's funny. With all of the poop, why, <laughs> why are you throwing this poop into my yard? Uh, what did Lynn do? Oh, well, no,
3: we didn't realize it and we failed to be like smart enough to go check the mail for such letters that right. would show up. So my dad opens the letter okay. and it, all it had on the envelope was a neighbor
0: mm-hmm.
3: or, <laughs> or just neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so my dad opens this letter and he is mortified. Uh-huh. He's looking at it and he looks at us and he's like, is this true? <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Like This, th- this makes no sense. And so we go out to the backyard And on the top of the fence, there's
2: dog poop poop that didn't quite make it over.
3: And so we were totally busted. My dad
2: was like, I cannot believe you girls would stoop to this level. But I just love that you had a a name for it. The poop rounds. I know. I mean, that's incredible. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Thanks to mom and dad. You were telling us earlier about your M.O.D.s, make your own dinners, uh, but the nights that you were able to come together and meet as a family, what, what did that look like with a dinner table of five kids? I mean, that must have been mayhem. Chaos. Was there a big enough dinner table
3: for everybody? Yeah, we had we'll a big dinner it. table. We still have we it. We had extensions on there, too. So if we had to pull out a leaf yeah. to add friends, we could do that.
2: Yeah. Well, Tiffany take me through a typical weeknight dinner at the Huber household?
4: I do appreciate that my parents really did try to make it a priority to have family dinners where we sat down, the TV wasn't on, and we were all together sitting there for a meal um, because you really don't see a lot of people doing that these days, um, especially with iPads and iPhones and everything. But I think my mom was very inventive with her cooking. She she also had a lot of recipes from um, – Growing up because she started cooking at a really young age because she said her mom was a terrible cook. (laughs) As far as sitting down for dinner, she would come home from work, start cooking. Uh, Maybe we didn't eat, you know, on the earliest side, but probably by like seven. And it was someone's job to set the table. We Mm -hmm. had placemats. We had napkins, all those Mm -hmm. things. Um, and she was more the cook. And then my dad was the cleaner and we were kind of helping nice. our dad cleaning. Nice. And that's still to this day, how it is, you know, she cooks, my dad cleans.
2: <laughs> yeah. Liz or any standout dishes?
1: Yes. I, and probably Tiff was thinking of the same one that would be ham and rice, yes. which is a casserole <laughs> dish that she made. It was like the thing I requested every year on my birthday, oh. because when it was your birthday, you got to pick what mm-hmm, you wanted mm-hmm. for your meal. Um, and everybody got the you are special today plate on your yep. birthday. Yeah, <laughs> that was so
4: fun. That's cute.
1: And so I would say ham and rice. It was kind of like little pieces of ham with like a pink sauce over rice, and we would get that in broccoli and garlic bread. Yeah, but yes. that was a recipe that
3: was passed on from my dad's mom to my mom, obviously, or to our family. But um, yeah.
4: it has what is it has like it has Madeira wine, I think. Like oh. Yeah, you make like a roux and then you add tomato paste and the Madeira wine, and Mm. you just fill a casserole dish with these strips, thin strips of ham. And then pour the sauce over and bake that. that and then that's delicious. what you serve over rice. Oh my gosh, it's delicious. Every time she cooks it, we're always over there for like dinner Does or she leftovers? text all of
2: you and be like making the... Yeah,
3: she does. She'll yeah. make like two casseroles now because she knows we want leftovers. Yeah. That's so
2: nice. Yeah, I know. It's a good one. Do you think Mama Lynn will let us share that recipe on our website? Oh, Healths in the now.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she Not. won't
1: even
2: give me the recipe.
3: Really?
1: I think for this cause... I, I would say yes. Maybe for this cause
3: she yeah. would, but But yeah. anytime I ask her, what, how do you make it? She mm-hmm. goes, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I <laughs> always just add things as I go. Oh, we have a mom like that too. Anything that you just hated? A dreaded dish?
1: Yes. She used to make, now I don't think Tiff and Allie will remember this, but beef stroganoff. Oh, yeah. Bill and Nat and I had to endure and it was <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> But that was like an early dish that that soon got like filtered out, thank goodness. Liz, and we'll start
2: with you with five kids. I got to think that family vacations were a bit of a challenge. Or <laughs> how did that work with getting you guys all together to have some downtime?
1: Yeah. I mean, what sticks out to me the most growing up is we took road trips. So my mom always had this like totally decked out suburban and then we would all pile in and we would all have our spots like laying down you know on the floor of the very back or wherever it was and we would have to rotate and we would have our pillows and you know we would bring like the speak and spell or (laughs) all of the different toys and games but it was chaos I mean the back seat I can't even imagine and we would have to listen to my mom's cds and I still to this day there are like a couple of CDs that anytime I hear the songs, I like Im- immediately transported back.
3: Dion Warwick.
1: Dion Warwick. Oh yes, Dion Warwick, Olivia Newton John. Well, I
3: ain't mad at that. Carly Simon.
1: Yeah, Carly Simon. <laughs> it was chaos. I mean, we drove across the country because every other year we would go up to Ohio and Michigan to visit <sighs> our grandparents on both sides. And I mean, we're talking days in the car.
3: Sure. Calm. But one time we actually asked them to play a, a tape of ours that we compiled just when we used to have make the, dual, the dual recorder, yeah. you know, yeah. so we could record songs off the radio Radio for sure. And so we actually asked them to play it. And the first song we forgot was Baby Got Back. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, turn it off. This is the wrong tape. This is the wrong tape. We can't listen to this. And they're like, no, we're going to listen to it. We're going to listen to it. <laughs> oh, my God. And they were like, whose tape is this? <laughs> And Liz blamed it on one of her friends. I can't remember who it was. She's like, it's not my tape. It's somebody else's, I promise you. And they're like, who is listening to this junk? And we were like, we don't know. And then silently,
2: we're like rapping the whole song in the back. Did your parents travel without you guys? And who took care of you? How did that happen?
1: Oh, gosh. There were times when they left us with no one, which was when... They went to (laughs) Turkey? Yes, when my brother graduated from high school, and they left me in charge for two weeks with my three sisters,
3: fifteen years old. Who was fifteen? Liz was fifteen. Yes, I was four. I was fourteen. I
1: think I was sixteen. Yeah. I think I just no, turned sixteen. You were about to turn
3: sixteen.
2: I was five. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just set this up. So they leave four girls alone for two weeks between the ages of 15 and five? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what happened? <laughs> uh,
3: complete and utter chaos. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Yes. <laughs> so we did have a babysitter, but we it was like, don't tell mom. The money is all gone.
2: Oh, my God.
3: And because the day they left to go to Turkey, they left us, okay, as any good parent would do, leaving a 15-year-old as power of attorney over all... Three of us. Um, um, they left us with six hundred dollars cash.
1: And, no, eight hundred.
3: Okay, eight hundred dollars cash and a credit card. And for how long? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, okay. So, and they wanted all the receipts, <laughs> everything that we spent money on. Mm-hmm. They wanted everything like to be, you know, Accounted they wanted to it. know. Yeah. So, so we left the eight hundred dollars on the windowsill of our kitchen. Okay, that's where they left it. We right. didn't need it you know so um liz decided to have some friends over that night
0: i'm sure we were over there too
1: they were i'm pretty sure these were nat's friends too yes no i'm sure whitney did you steal that
2: 800
3: (laughs) (laughs) no it wasn't my friends it was like it was like guys that we didn't really even hang out with but they came over and they weren't even there that long they were there for like an hour the next morning Liz and I are leaving to go because we worked for one of our family friends doing painting. As we're walking out the door to go to our job, Liz is like, oh, grab some money off the windowsill if we want to go to, you know, 7-Eleven and get a Diet Coke or whatever. And so I'm like, well, there's no money on the windowsill. And Liz is like, well, no, it's, it's there. I saw it last night. And I'm like, no, there's no money. And so I was like, um, we've lost the catch. Oh. And so this started the downward spiral over the next two weeks. Liz's guy friends at this point were like, oh, we have some ideas for you guys. And oh, God. my favorite one was, can we take your dad's caddy? And, and we were like, sure, you can take it. But when, you know, how much money can we get for it and when will oh, we get it back? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can get you $800, but you're never going to see the car again. And we were like, okay, oh well my God. We're like, well that probably won't work. And so, Liz, why don't you tell him about the other scheme regarding the baseball uniforms?
1: Well, yes, one of my friends printed out some fake um like flyers for new baseball uniforms for the Winston school. And so my friend and I went door to door asking for cash donations (gasps) for new uniforms for the Winston school. And people kept giving us checks and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like we can only take cash. Yes. It was terrible. So did you get any cash from that venture? We generated a little bit, but where we ultimately landed was we needed to host a giant keg party down (sighs) at the Trinity River Bottoms. So that is where (laughs) Nat kind of came into play here because I would be staying at home babysitting while she went down to the TRB nightclub and um, hosted a giant keg party to try to earn back the money. Someone's got to do something. Were we in high school?
2: Oh, Yeah. This is how I started stealing the trash can. At five, you started stealing trash cans to help with this venture? We decided
3: we have to throw this massive keg party. It's got to be successful. We've got to make $800 (laughs) back. And we had a keg donated to us.
2: Who donated it?
3: Liz's boyfriend at the time, Jay. We were broken up. Okay. They were broken up, but he owed her big time because I think he, like, kissed some other girl or something. So he was like, I will donate the keg to get back into her good graces, whatever. So I was like, okay, fine. Bring the keg over. I was like, we will figure out the trash can and ice, even though we have no money. Um, So I, at 14 years old, get in the car with another good friend of mine, Shelby, and we take Allie we throw her in the back and we're like, Allie, five-year-old Allie, we need you on a mission and when we pull over, you need to get out and take the trash can and throw it in the back of Mom's Suburban, which
4: is... (laughs) Bigger than her. Yeah. So so
3: I am literally 14 years old driving down like North Haven Road. Okay. I, I find this You're house. driving and you're 14. Yeah. Uh, my mom's suburban. And so we get to this house and I see the trash can out front and I'm like, that's perfect. I was like, Allie, get out. I'm going to open the back, get out and t- put the trash can in the back. And so she <laughs> is literally... Holding it over the back of her head like oh, this, okay. Trying Addie. to put it in the car, and it's bigger than she is, okay. And I am laughing so hard at this point, I am like keeled over just laughing, and I accidentally honk the horn. Oh no, I'm dying, okay. Oh no, and and the guy comes out of the house oh, and is like what are you kids doing with my trash can? <laughs> <laughs> and Allie's like, oh my God. And I'm like, get in the car. And Shelby's pulling Allie in. I'm diving through the window. Yeah, she's diving through the window. We're I'm trying to pull her old. in. And I'm zipping out of there as fast as we can. The back is still unlatched.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> and we get
3: out of there and go directly home. And I literally, I've never like um, been so scared of my life because this guy was totally yelling at us, could have seen our license plate, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to prison for the rest of my right. life because but you I'm got stealing the trash, trash can, right? But we got the trash can <laughs> and we ended up throwing the keg party and we ended up making like three, $400. It wasn't a bad venture, but yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't enough to secure the entire amount that we needed. Right. So we were continuing to come up with schemes, but then at like the, you know, final hour, the guy who was originally at our house that night, he came back to us. And he was like, you know, I have some money that I can lend you guys. And we were like, mm-hmm. Mm. He was like, it's not the whole amount. But I have some money that I can lend you guys. Um, and I'm going to put it in this drawer over here. And I'm going to walk out of the house. And we're never going to talk about this again. And he gave us like three or $400, too. So at you the end it of it, back. we made it back, yeah.
2: Oh, my heart was racing there for a minute. That, I was like holding my breath during that story. That's a very
4: stressful time. Oh,
2: my God. Yeah. I, I could just Who see knows. the four of you
4: girls just
2: like, okay, what the hell are we going to do? And then like little Allie, like, I stole that trash can. Like, I mean, yeah. I just, that's like toddler age. I know. <laughs> Kindergarten. Oh Did, were you just happy to be tagging along? Of course. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Oh, God, that's funny. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Tiffany, what were you doing during all of this? Oh, my gosh. Crying. I was probably crying. So worried that we were all going to die or go to jail. Get arrested. Be so, you know, in trouble with everybody. All I remember was Liz, like... I remember her sitting at the kitchen table when they realized the money was gone and she was, she started crying and she was like, I don't know what we're going to do. I kept thinking like, you've got to hold it together. Yeah, you're like you're the one in charge. Like, you're the one in charge. Like if you're crying, like what's going to happen to me? Like <laughs> <laughs> this is really bad.
2: Well, I say <laughs> it's incredibly industrious. I would just say hooray to you girls and you all survived. Well, didn't Mama Lynn and Dr. Phil um, ever
0: find out? Sure. Oh, they found out like, like, a year after they got back, because
3: they were like, We left you at home when we went to Turkey and everything was totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were like, Um, yeah, I really, <laughs> <Not that."> really. <laughs> good old parenting there.
2: I was looking at some pictures before this podcast of all of you kids when you were younger, and I found it amusing that you all kind of had the same haircut. So I just wanted to know was Mama Lynn your stylist? Oh, yes. oh yeah. She would cut your hair? Oh
4: no, she wouldn't oh she wouldn't cut our hair. Actually no no, no no,
5: she cut my hair. Oh. I would get the bowl
2: set on my head.
4: Though you actually got the bowl. Oh yeah. I got I the bowl cut. We all had a lot of short hair because it was just easier to I guess, deal with, or she thought it looked cute on us. But yeah. as we got a little chunky with all the, um, you know, freezer full of goods yeah, yeah. <laughs> on MOD night, at least myself and Allie, the short hair didn't look that great on us. Nice <laughs> spaghetti-o round face. Yeah, yes. good. But, and some days when she was there before school, I remember her sitting us at the the island in the kitchen, turning plugging in her curling iron And it was like the one-inch barrel. She would put four curls in, bangs, Mm -hmm. side, side, back. (laughs) And it was not attractive. Not at all. But then she'd like put it behind my ear and she's like, oh, it's great. You know, I think it's like so cute. And I'm like, I just look back at those pictures and I'm like, I look like George Washington.
2: George Washington's a specific look, Tiffany. I want to see those pictures. You know, those
4: tight curls. (laughs) Just think tight, small curls. And it's like, oh my gosh. There was a lot of carpooling
0: going on at this house. Five kids, I'd assume so. I remember correctly. I think that, Liz, you got like your hardship at like 14 or 13 or something.
1: Did you get your hardship, Liz? Did. I did get my hardship license.
2: Yep. Wait, hardship. I have not heard that word in a long time. Is that when you can drive at 15 or something?
1: Yes. When you're 15.
0: Yeah. Like if both of your parents work, you can apply for it and get to drive early. That's
1: right. I totally forgotten about that. So
0: Liz, you did that. I remember.
1: I did. And it was supposed to just be for like school. So just between the hours of whatever, 7.30 and Mm -hmm. 3.30, but no, it turned into, I was the grocery shopper, the errand runner, (laughs) taking the kids to all of their practices, whatever. It was like, full blown, here's my new driver.
3: But I was also driving without a hardship too. My mom would send me to the grocery store at like 13.
2: In the car at 13. Yeah.
0: I remember because I think your mom was just like, I I can't do this. Natalie, just go do that. Go pick up Allie. Yeah. And we were like, we're
2: thirteen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not only did she have me drive, she had me drive them
3: around. <laughs>
2: yes. yes, again back yeah. to the trust. You know, I mean, she really trusted you kids. I Guess that's or what it ga- was. gambler. Yeah, yeah. Eat, eat, eat <laughs> a that's driving. It's definitely a gamble. <sighs> I think she just was really instilling independence in you guys at a very young age, and I appreciate. Oh yeah, she that. was. She, so, was. I mean, yes, and, she and, was, and it was
5: very character building. Yes,
4: like, for sure, it was. Dropping
5: these two off at school. Oh. When Natalie would drop us off for uh, school, for carpool in the morning, she would be blaring Pony by Genuine yes. and <laughs> slamming on the brakes every time beat. he would say, yeah. <laughs> yeah." yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Ah.
5: Windows down. yeah, yes. So embarrassing.
3: Best was it was my brother's Jeep because he had gone into the Marines and we rigged the back of the windshield wiper. Mm-hmm. So instead of it spraying The top part, we had it spray the car behind us. So when people would like honk at us or whatever, the light turned green and we'd just sit there and just spray them and then we'd peel out and these cars would be so mad and they would be so embarrassed. They'd be like, I cannot believe you just did that.
0: We're going to do some rapid fire questions with y'all. Oh God. Uh (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay. One word to describe Mama Lynn Allie.
5: Hardworking. Mm.
0: Tiffany.
1: Tough. <laughs> Nat. Loving. Liz. Uh, industrious. Yeah.
2: Yes. Tiffany. Who is her favorite? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay,
2: that's not oh, okay. fair. Okay, Natalie's pointing to Tiffany. <laughs> no. The golden child. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, Honestly, we got a we got a second tiff over here from Liz. <laughs> Can
4: I just defend myself? Allie's for a crying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, I think I had the advantage of watching my siblings make so many mistakes <laughs> and getting punished for them that I was pretty much terrified to do anything bad or wrong because I saw the wrath of my parents right best behavior
0: Nat who makes her laugh the most I
3: would say probably myself
0: (laughs) (laughs) as we've learned throughout this journey the one who makes the mom laugh the most is always the one who pisses her off the most
5: That is so true. It's very true.
0: And that is a testament because I'm the same.
5: It's a love-hate
3: relationship. But when, you know, Liz was laughing at me when I described her as being loving. Mm -hmm. Because I see her in a very different light now than... Growing up, you know? Of course. She's a busybody, I'm a busybody. We both have a very night similar owls. sense of humor. We're both night owls. And we just we get along really well. We laugh at the same exact things, but when we fight, it is like fighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the claws come out. <laughs> at least you're communicating. And yeah. And then afterwards it's like, well, we're best friends again. So right. who cares?
0: Yeah. Tiff, what's one thing that you want Mama Lynn to take away from hearing this episode?
4: Well, I hope it makes her laugh. And I hope that she sees that we are strong, successful women. Growing up wasn't super easy, but we all love each other. We're, we, we, she created a really strong bond for, for us together. Love that. Yeah. Nat? Just that how much we've remembered her you know and how
3: the memories are there and they will always be there mm-hmm. we've had these incredible times together and you know no family's perfect and we were but um, <laughs> we we just have these incredible memories of you know the good and the bad yeah. and and we loved it and we're all here today to just laugh about it and have fun and and you know, we just
5: we love her.
0: Yeah.
5: Allie. I would think I want her to take away that we appreciate her ability to juggle everything, raising all of us, mm-hmm. um, showing us so much love and um teaching us so much and Yeah. That mm. We really do put the
2: fun and dysfunctional.
0: (laughs) That actually is so funny. Oh
2: my god. I I think actually that could be a new tagline for our podcast.
3: The fun and dysfunctional is true.
2: Round it out for us, Liz.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't agree with Allie. I would say I would want our mom to know that we do appreciate, you know, everything that she did. It's hard to imagine anyone not going crazy after raising five kids in the house that we grew up in. So just that we're thankful um, for all the different things that she did for us. Like she's a super, super woman, super mom, for sure.
2: God, it sounds like it. It sounds like she did a phenomenal job. And while well, we laugh about, oh, leaving you for two weeks and from when she went to Turkey, by the way, the, the, I would have been so freaking excited if my parents, when I was 15, left for two weeks. I'd be like, oh, the best we were. Thing ever. We, I mean, were. we were like, it's party time. Yeah. We're just Some people might judge listening it. to this podcast. I think it was like, probably like the two of the best <laughs> weeks of your life. <laughs> um, but seriously, she really was a force. She was a badass. But what a beautiful family she's created like you said, and we were sh- thank you for sharing with us today.
3: We love sharing with you girls
0: Well, I can't thank you sisters enough. It's been so fun walking down that insanely crazy and hilarious road memory lane with you guys. Thank Let's you. end it like we always do. Wit, I love you,
2: I love your show. I love you, I love your show. I love these girls shows too I do. <laughs> We love it's your show. show. We love y'all. Thank you so much for listening to Hey Sis, Eat This. If you LOL'd, peed your pants a little bit, or even smirked, please hit subscribe if you haven't already. And feel free to rate and review, but only if it's positive.
0: Also, visit our website for recipes and to sign up for our newsletter at heysiseatthis.com.